I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 215 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a true American hero joining me today on the podcast. He is a first-class father who was thrown into a Saddam Hussein prison at the age of 12 years old. He was beaten, and he would eventually get his revenge by becoming the youngest sergeant major in the Iraqi army. And for several years, he fought side-by-side with American forces at the height of the global war on terrorism in Iraq. He is known as the terrorist whisperer. Hamidi Jazim will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. I will have the honor of meeting Hamity and seeing the documentary that was made about his book titled The Terrorist Whisperer. It will be screening in Wharton, New Jersey this Saturday. So if you're interested, you're in the tri-state area, you want to see the film, I would encourage you to come on out. The link in the description of this podcast episode will take you right to the details, all you need to know. And if you do decide to go, please hit me up with a DM. I would love to uh, meet up with you there and say hello. On a much more personal note here, my daughter finished pre-K yesterday and she had her little ceremony with some, some music and some dancing and it was awesome. She did such a great job. It's hard to believe that all four of my kids are now done with preschool. Uh, I will definitely miss these pre-K days. I was honored to be a class parent for her class this year. The teachers were great. We really enjoyed so much fun. It was a fantastic year. I know that many of you dads out there have kids that are graduating either pre-K, kindergarten, fifth grade, eighth grade, high school, college, whatever it may be. Wherever you are on this journey, congratulations to you. And one of the songs the kids sang yesterday was Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. And after having this conversation that you're about to hear with Hamidi Jassim, uh, I was emotional already, but it really added to me feeling just so blessed to be an American. And thank God that I'm living here in the United States of America. The amount of sacrifice that has been given on this altar of freedom can really only be repaid by living a life worth dying for. And you are about to hear from a man who really sacrificed greatly. He saved countless American and Iraqi lives. So please sit back and enjoy today's interview and share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the podcast that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And right now I'm going to jump into the action with the terrorist whisperer himself, Hamani Jazim. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a hero who saved so many lives. His story has been told in a book that is now a documentary titled The Terrorist Whisperer. In the words of a retired United States intelligence lieutenant colonel, quote, I've seldom encountered individuals who were as dedicated, principled, and fearless as him. He was a patriot, worthy of trust in a time and place where very little could be trusted. End quote. It is an extreme honor for me to say, Hamidi Jazim, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that. Okay, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I do. I have a daughter. She is a six years old. Okay, very cool. Is she involved with any uh, sports or activities yet? Oh, absolutely. She likes, uh, you know, she likes horse riding. She's, uh, you know, doing dancing and all kind of stuff. And just like any other six-year-old, it was uh, pretty much into everything. So 
I kind of went from I went from uh, fighting terrorists to now uh, looking for Barbies all over Toys and Rust. So <laughs> yeah, talk about one extreme to the other. Yep, it is. That's the shift. All right, Hamity, please take a few minutes here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, my name is Hamidi Jassim. I'm author of The Terrorist Whisper. Um, I was born and raised in Iraq. I went undercover for the U.S. intelligence during the surge uh, between 2005 to 2008 in Iraq. And my job was to locate terrorists who were infiltrating the Iraqi government and uh, terrorists who were killing American soldiers uh, in Iraq. Yeah, your story is just incredible. I'm really looking forward to checking out the documentary this weekend. Uh, more on that in a minute here. But uh, you've had some crazy experiences in your life, Hamity. So how did the experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Um, absolutely everything. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, working, you know, battling one of the most dangerous terrorist organizations in the world in the same building, literally. Um, and being a father, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I didn't have kids or family back there and I couldn't leave the wire because my assassinators will be waiting right outside for me. So um, it definitely it have changed my life. I have lost a teammate uh, back in Iraq who actually left the wire outside of the Iraqi MOD when I was operating and ended up getting assassinated 14 minutes later. So I kind of understood a lot once I became a father. I, I guess that it made a lot of sense to certain events that happened to me. And once you become a father, it's a, it's a different feeling. It's a different stage of life that you're in. And uh, things changes. I think even the decisions that you'll be making in your life, it will be a, a lot different than the decisions you made before you were a father. So, you know, I'm lucky that when I was operating through all this dangerous, crazy stuff in Iraq that I didn't have a family. But today when I do, I understand the emotions and the attachments that you have. So... It does change you as a man, it changes you as a fighter, and it changes you as a human being as well. So, you know, uh, it changes you to a better positive person. I think uh, it's a different a different sense, different feeling. I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, just being a dad myself, I'm just blown away by the images that I see of Iraqi kids holding weapons and being involved in warfare. And I know that that child has to have parents somewhere or at least some guardian that cares about him. So how does it get to the point, Hamidi, where uh, children are given guns and are used as kind of like pawns in this theater of war? I mean, especially for me, because I got shot by a child, you know, a grenade got thrown on me in 2004. Um, it was actually by a 13-year-old. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of children there who are unattended, have no families, or out on the streets on their own. And, you know, this was an advantage for terrorists, actually, to take advantage of these little children because terrorists are cowards in every level. And they weren't looking really to put their lives up in the front line. They were using young kids who were lost, who didn't have money or food to eat, and offered them a couple hundred dollars to join in a militia or a terrorist organization and taught them how to throw a grenade and take the pen out and throw it at people. And uh, it's pretty hard because, you know, um, as a soldier, you're at a, you're at a position where uh, you either kill a kid and become a war criminal or get killed yourself or lose one of your soldiers. So it's a very difficult position. It's a very difficult situation because there's not one or two. There's many kids. Um, and, you know, you can't judge them based on that situation because, when you were a 13-year-old or a 12-year-old, you didn't know what the hell's going on in the world at that time, too. And you, you kind of really get stuck in that situation. But, you know, poverty, um, poverty really beats anybody. It changes any human being. Uh, when you're hungry, um, you will be able to do a lot of things that you couldn't do. And, unfortunately, 
the war in Iraq, uh, as violent as it was, as, as crazy as it was back then, um, there was an emotional side to it. And if you were not able to handle that emotional side, especially when it comes to children, um, you'll either get killed or you'll find yourself out of the force. So um, it's pretty emotional when it comes to things like that. But um, I feel bad for these kids in every sense. And um, it was hard. Yeah, and a lot of times we take for granted just how blessed we are to be living here and to have our kids growing up in America. Um, now, what are some of the differences, Hamidi, uh, uh, since the end of the Saddam regime here? What are the differences between the kids who grew up during the regime as opposed to the kids who are growing up there today? Of course, there's a huge difference right now between Iraq last night and Iraq's today. Um, the huge changes because, you know, uh, back under Saddam regime that, you know, our generation was not allowed to look at the big picture or have a uh, free freedom of the speech or have the media. You know, we were pretty much kept under control, almost like North Korea. We couldn't have access to anything, uh, the Internet or anything else. So, um, you know, the, the, we were growing up under propaganda, you know, of hating Americans, hating America, hating all the West. But things changed today because the new generation of Iraq today, the young generation who grew up without any fear, regardless of the war, regardless of the car bombs that were blowing up, these kids still grew up and decided to be who they want to be. And I can see there is a huge difference in personalities today with young Iraqi children who are out there fighting ISIS, who are able to rise and fight ISIS and kick them out of Mosul. I mean, that's balls. You know, this is something my generation, my older generation couldn't do. Uh, it was only a few of us that decided to do that. But today you see a whole generation that is fearless and willing to fight for their country and fight for their freedom, and I'm proud of that. So that's the change right there. Yeah, well said, and that is awesome to hear. And I did do an interview with Riyadh al-Ahmadi, better known by his code name, Johnny Walker. Uh, he, of course, served with the United States Navy SEALs, and his family was under constant threat just because he was helping the Americans. And from reading up on your story here, when you went to go join the Iraqi army, there was no long line of people waiting to join up. So if the Saddam uh, regime was so bad, uh, why did so many Iraqis not want to join up, and why would they have a problem with the guys who did? You know, uh, to be honest with you, you t it wasn't much of the Iraqis. It was actually the previous regime members under Saddam, uh, terrorist organizations who were actually a v very new faces to Iraq, like Al-Qaeda, Islamic State. You know, when Iraq was, you know, uh, liberated in 2003, the borders left open. So a lot of different new faces entered, which is radical Islamization that entered the country. Um, you know, there was a huge worry for them because we're not Americans. You know, we're born and raised there. We can tell who they really are from a mile away. And this was not a good idea for our enemies to see Iraqis fighting side-by-side side Americans. So they decided to kill everybody and to make an example out of every single person that would be part of the new government or part of the new process in Iraq or help Americans um, to prevent people from going to that site. Because, you know, the American forces, when they first got attacked in 2003 to 2004, it was really hard for them to figure out what the hell's going on around them. But when you have an Iraqi who works in your arsenal and understand that culture, knows the area really well, it makes it harder for them. So, of course, we were much more of a bigger target than the Americans itself to them. So um, this was going to be a very uh, dangerous move for them, so they decided to encounter that as much as possible. And to this day, you know, they are still assassinating people that help Americans or were part of the Americans. I mean, when it comes to my case, I was a spy working for the U.S. intelligence uh, against the Iraqi terrorist organization. So, of course, they want to 
butcher your head as soon as they can or to get the opportunity. But I was lucky that I was never um, in a place where they're allowed to do so. And uh, the only way for them was to face me in battle. Yeah, and unfortunately, there has been so much bloodshed and and sacrifice here, but there has also been so much heroism uh, displayed here by people like yourself. Now that your story is out in the open here with the book and the documentary, how much much does your daughter know about your background? Does she know you were involved with the military at all? I think my daughter just found out that I was actually from Iraq. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, she doesn't know much about it. I think she sees all these pictures of soldiers and generals and all this overwhelming guns and stuff. And, you know, I think she sees stuff and she wonders and she just looks around. She's only six, but she just found out that I was actually from Iraq. You know, I'm not from, you know, I wasn't born in the United States. I'm an American citizen now, but I wasn't born here. I was born in a foreign country and, um, you know, I try not to, um, you know, expose my daughter to uh, my life in Iraq because as much as the public enjoy my story, enjoy my life, it's it's not just a story to me. It's a pain, a lot of pain that I endured over the years of, of being uh, tortured a young child in an Iraqi prison to um, losing teammates in the, in the in the line against, you know, al-Qaeda and, and Islamic State. Um you know, it's, it's pain for me. It's not something that I would enjoy remembering. So, you know, um, I'm glad she just knows where I'm coming from. I mean, this is important for my child to know. But other than that, I let her be who she wants to be. She's an American kid, and she was born in the best country in the world, and if not one of the greatest countries in the world. And, and uh, that's why she's able to do things that I wasn't able to do as a child. Yeah, and it is so awesome that after everything that you went through, that not only are you here, but your daughter now has the abundance of opportunity that's in front of her. Um, now, what was the genesis of you writing the book here, Hamity? Were you approached by somebody and asked to write it, or, or was this something that you decided, hey, this story needs to be told? It's time to get an important word from our sponsors, then back with more with Hamity Jazim. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. Summertime is upon us here, and there is no better way to spend time with your kids this summer than to take them to a live event, whether that's out at the ball field, at a monster truck rally, or even a Broadway show. Buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and apply my code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save $20 off their ticket purchase. Get over to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and buy all your tickets for this summer's fun. Maybe you want to take them to their first concert. Go to SeatGeek.com and apply my code, FIRSTCLASS, one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 off your ticket purchase. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. There is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, First Class Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code FIRSTCLASSFATHERHOOD. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. (laughs) 
Um, now, what was the genesis of you writing the book here, Hamity? Were you approached by somebody and asked to write it, or, or was this something that you decided, hey, this story needs to be told? Honestly, you know, there was never an intention for me to actually write my story and get it out to the public. As you know, stories like mine, it's all military intelligence operations that were happening during the surge. Even veterans who fought in Iraq during that time did not know about what was going on in the back behind the curtains. Um, but truly, uh, after the the fall of Mosul um, 2013, and I was losing my teammates who were in the Iraqi military day by day. Most of my soldiers and my teammates actually died in the recent fight against ISIS in Mosul because they were still in the Iraqi military, and uh, this was personal for them. And I was sitting home um, in, in 2015 um, getting messages every single morning, um, I would wake up out of my bed and look at my messages, and I would be told that I lost two of my teammates, people that I fought with for years, people who lost my six for so many years were loyal to me that put, put their lives in front of mine. And, you know, it was hard to hear that. They were losing their battles. They were betrayed, and they did not have any ammo, and the Iraqi government betrayed them, and the American government back then betrayed them as well. And... They were just left there to die in front of ISIS with very limited capabilities. So it, it was heartbreaking for me. Um, it was a very hard moment. I didn't know where I was going to do to escape. Um, I wish I didn't have the family that I had here. I would have got on the first plane and go to fight with them. But at the end of the day, look at the eyes of your daughter, and you know you're out of that fight once. Uh, if you ever get back to it, you'll die. So I decided to grab the pen and tape my story uh, and honor their their service, honor what they've done to this world. And I decided to release my story and let the world see it. Yeah, and I'm glad you did. I mean, it's a powerful story. It's a story that we need to hear right now. And how about as far as the documentary goes here, Hamity? How did that all come about? And what was it like for you to have to relive some of these traumatic experiences that you've been through in order to make the film? I think it was actually one day I was working out, and then I was just thinking, and I was like, you know what? Why not give this story into a documentary? Because they're always... There are so many movies out there about Americans or our special operatives or uh, having a bad day or getting pounded or getting shot at or having a bad day. And, you know, it's all these survival and courageous stories out there. But there was never a story about the terrorists having a bad day. And I decided to let people enjoy this as much as we enjoyed it, um, watching these, you know, bastards getting a hard day or lose their battles. And... You know, they might have injured 17,381 American soldiers on the ground during the surge, but we have really fucked them up um, intelligent-wise. We were collecting on them as much as possible, and that's what I came, that's what my role was, is to collect them because I'm born and raised there. I understand their culture. I know where they come from. I know exactly what they're thinking. I know their next 10 steps ahead of their, of their game. So we decided, why not? Let's just get it out. So I decided to give the same... Uh, exact people that were involved in my story, like General Betrayus, Colonel John Burke out of New York, um, Lieutenant Colonel Thaler out of Oregon, and all these other intelligence agents involved that managed me over the years. And to get them together, approach them with the idea, and we decided to get it out there to, um, to the world. And we were able to release a lot of the true footage that we had from the battle in Iraq. And um, we decided, why not? So this is the first military intelligence uh, operation to be released to the public. We're excited about how people, how much people have been enjoying it. We've been doing a lot of private screenings of it uh, in a few states. 
Uh, perhaps we had, uh, you know, we went to Idaho, to Oregon. Uh, we have screened um, in North Carolina as well. We have screened in Texas twice, uh, in Dallas and Austin. And uh, we are screening next week in New Jersey. Um, so if anybody listening to this wants to be wants to see the film for free, we are screening in New Jersey, and you're welcome to be there. Yeah, I'm pumped up to see it this weekend. I'm going to be posting a link in the description of today's podcast episode. So any of my New York, New Jersey, tri-state area listeners out there, if you're interested, tap the link. Come on out and see the documentary. Um, now, Hamidi, what kind of advice could you offer to other Iraqi dads who maybe just recently immigrated to the United States and they're trying to figure all this out here while raising kids? Honestly, I would say enjoy your life. Um, raise your kids the right way. You do not have to put your kids in a box because this is not the reason you came to this country. Uh, you came to this country to be free and enjoy your life and let your kids to be who they want to be and to enjoy life and to get out of the box. Um, you do not, as an Iraqi or as a young, as Iraqi or a Muslim person that immigrated to the United States, you do not have to automatically have lo- your loyalty to a specific political party in this country. Once you obtain the citizenship of being an American citizen, uh, you have the opportunity and the chance to think and to open up your head and to decide what's best for your interest as an American, not as an Iraqi, not as a, a person that came from out of the country. Um, fight for the interest for the country that protected you and gave you the opportunity to become a citizen of it and to be treated equally like everyone else. Yeah, very well said. And I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, Hamidi. What was your uh, feelings or your reaction to the so-called Muslim ban that President Trump put out there? I actually supported the ban, believe it or not. People didn't know that, but I supported the ban because, you know what, um, these countries, I I did not support the part Iraq was part of it because we, we, we... a few years back, I would absolutely support the ban with Iraq being part of it. But at that time, Iraq was fighting against terrorism. Iraq has fixed a lot of its issues when it comes to vetting people. We had a very uh, strong uh, intelligence uh, vetting that was going on on people. So I, I didn't make any sense for me for Iraq, to be on it. But, and the president uh, honored that as well and took Iraq off the list immediately. When it comes to the other countries, of course, we have to make sure we ban these countries because these countries do not um, check people who are flying to us, do not vet or have the proper procedures or the clearances to check people coming to our country. So we have every right as Americans um, to uh, ban these countries and ban their citizens before coming to our country. And look, hey, if one of these countries rise up against terrorism like Iraq did and start having a very strong vetting, and start caring about our safety like they cares about theirs, uh, I think the president will be glad to take them off the list. So this is not just about a president. This is not just about the politics in this country. This is about the safety of Americans and what we are bringing here to our soil. Yeah, good stuff, Hamity. And I understand that you were recently hit with some very tough medical news. Um, what led you to getting that diagnosis, and what's your plan with it moving forward? Well, what new with me. I'm always fighting something, for God's sake. So, um, you know, um, this was a, a shocking moment, honestly, and, uh, you know, it, it was actually a long way coming. I kind of felt this was going to come one day. When I was operating in the Iraqi MOD, uh, working undercover, I had so many assassinators were looking to kill me at the time, and you will see that in the documentary. So I had to change sleeping areas, and unfortunately, at the time, uh, my sleeping area was radiated with uranium. And um, 
you know, when I came here in 2008, there were some weird symptoms that I didn't pay attention to. And in the last two years, uh, the symptoms got really aggressive. A lot of changes were happening with me. And uh, finally, a military doctor out of Idaho, God bless his heart, Dr. Ryan Cole, actually uh, diagnosed it and figured it out. And they found a tumor it was the size of a tennis ball in between my optic nerves. So it was about a half an inch from cutting my vision and destroying my vision permanently. And um, we found it just on time, and we've been battling this for the last uh, two months now. The first month was kind of vicious and a uh, very strong battle. As you know, as any treatment goes, you are not used to the treatment or your body might not handle the treatment. But we've been able to overcome the danger zone now, and now we're just still fighting and fighting, and uh, and that's all we have to do. Yeah, wow, incredible. And as you said there, you have been fighting your whole life, and so many people are alive today because of you and your heroism. So I would just like to say, you know, thank you, Hamity, for all your service to this country and what you have done. And now that you are here and you are, you know, an American citizen, what type of goals or plans do you have here for the future? Honestly, you know, my goal is just to live in peace and to be able to, you know, to, to see my child grow up and be a fine member of society. Uh, I... You know, uh, you know, a service like that requires sacrifices. Only God knows how many other sacrifices that impacted my life every single day that took the sleep out of my eyes every single night. But, you know, if you're sacrificed, you can't just sacrifice once. You have to sacrifice all the way. So for me, um, you know, it's a lot of challenges. But um, to be honest, you know, I want to I wanna see my daughter enjoy her life. I want to see her enjoy the American dream, and, and I want to enjoy it as well, you know, with her. I want to be part of it. So, um, you know, for goals for me, I am enjoying a lot of things in America. I have been enjoying the freedom. I have been enjoying a nice steak every Thursday. I have been enjoying a lot of different things, and, uh, um, you know, and, and I am thankful uh, for everything. I already, you know, already enjoyed coming to this country. America is the learning experiment and uh it's such an honor to be part of this experiment crazy experiment you know and um you know regardless of the challenges you know i'm I'm enjoying my life today every single day i enjoy the good americans you know that i meet every single day uh the people that truly support me from the bottom of their heart um it is really nice to meet people that you might have fought with on the same line but you never got to meet them and and to hear to hear them really uh, thank you or hug you or uh, show you gratitude, it means the world to me, you know, because I know these people are worth it. And, um, and you know, my goal is to see my child, uh, you know, enjoy her life and her freedom. Yeah, and you are exactly what makes this country so great. I mean, we are a nation of immigrants, but we're a nation of immigrants who wanted to come here and to contribute and to make America a better place and to enjoy the freedoms it provides and also be willing to fight and defend those freedoms. And you've done exactly that. You're, you're exactly what makes America so great. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, Hamity, I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? You know, if you're just about to be a dad, I think my advice to you is to uh, enjoy your kids as much as possible. Uh, try to be there for them because uh, it's your mission now. Once you become a dad, it is your mission to ensure their safety and their well-being and everything. So if you become a father, congratulations. This is a new chapter in your life. And get ready to walk away from your other chapter. Uh, once you become a father, it's a responsibility. 
and be strong enough to take on this responsibility and stand on your feet and um, put your other life, your past bachelor life behind because now it's not about you anymore and it's about that child and that's what it comes to. Yeah, well said. I love the advice. This has been a true honor for me. Uh, I got to say, Hamidi, Jazim, you are a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor being with you. All right, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Hamidi Jazim for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And if you are interested in seeing the documentary this weekend in New Jersey, hit the link in the description of today's podcast episode. It'll give you all the details. I'd love to see you there. And if you're interested in listening to a more in-depth interview with Hamidi, you got to check him out on Mike Ritland's podcast, the Mike Drop Podcast. Podcast. He does a four-hour interview with Hamity. Uh, Mike, of course, is a former guest of the podcast here. He's a first-class father all the way, and he really does a great job with his interview. So if you want to hear more about the in-depth details of Hamity Jazim's life, check out the Mike Drops latest podcast episode, all right? That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Thank you.